Hello, this is Caroline Pierce, and this is the podcast Interesting People with Interesting Jobs. Now, today's podcast is a bit of a different one. This is a conversation with Vic Melody, the theatre maker and artist who we have worked with through Luxie a couple of times in the past. She has brought her shows um, Ugly Chief and Major Tom to Darlington when we used to do Jabberwocky Market pop-up theatre events. And in 2020, when we write really quite early in lockdown and pandemic times, we were thinking about what would a pop-up event look like in a time when no one could go out. And we were exploring the idea of what a Jabberwocky Market pop-up podcast would be um and in the end we only actually did one and we called it a jabbercast and we did a conversation with Vic Melody um and it was me Caroline Pierce and Kirsten Yates who is a core part of Luxie um and at the time was had been working on Jabberwocky market events for a really long time um and we set up a call with Vic and had um a conversation and I just think that it was really interesting. And now that we have a series, um, the questions are quite different. It's quite a different feel of conversation, but I would love to share it with all the listeners to of interesting people with interesting jobs, because Vic is the definition of an interesting person with really interesting jobs. And we will put the links in the notes to the work that she was doing then and how you can follow her now. As ever, technical support for this podcast is from Jason Burge and the music is by the brilliant Romy Agnick. I hope you enjoy listening. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Okay, yes, sure. I'm an artist and I am obsessed with Britain's tribes and I'm a a bit like an anthropologist where I will embed myself inside a tribe for a really long time and I'll make work about that group. So different tribes that I've embedded myself into are uh, Northern Soul. I became a Northern Soul dancer pigeon racing I became a pigeon racer uh, I did beauty pageants I was Mrs Brighton for two years running I had to change radically to fit that beauty queen look I uh, got my dog to Crufts uh, so I've been a championship dog show handler I've been a funeral director uh, I've trained as a, a, a police person, and right now I am embedding myself in the world, or I was before lockdown, of stand-up comedy. I'm a bit like the, the Oxford Mail years ago said that I am the theatrical Louis Theroux, and I think that's a good way of explaining very quickly what I do. The Oxford Mail is a newspaper. Yes. It's yes. not just a man that walks around Oxford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a general Oxford male. Just <laughs> anyone. <laughs> One man said I was that. I'm taking it. Good quotes. But I make so with the with the work I normally make theatre shows and um 
it's, it's normally me, but then I have performed alongside my dog in Major Tom. He was a basset hound, a very sleepy basset hound. And then the last theatre show I made was performed alongside my dad and a band. We had a, a band. There were six of us on stage. What fascinates you particularly about the people that you choose to make work about? I am passionate about people other people's passions I don't think there's anything better than when somebody is so in love and proud and excited by something that they do whether that be cooking artichokes making model airplanes and I, I just I just get really um, um, interested in what we do, what these niche things we do in the UK. I mean, I really didn't know anything about Northern Soul until I discovered it on my hen do. And we went to this Northern Soul all-nighter and there were these men who were wearing these baggy trousers who were dancing on the dance floor and it looked like they were... They were, they were, their feet were floating on a mill pond, and then they were break dancing, and they were all quite old, like in their fifties and things. And I, I was like, what, what is this scene? And I found out this is Northern Soul, and 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 I just, I want to. Part of me wants to create a record of this thing, um, and I just, I just want to. Uh, get these kind of niche, shine a light on these on these niche scenes and, and let people know about them and, and what can these, what do these um, hobbies and pastimes say about the people that do them and say about our society? What do they say? What's kind of your biggest learning from them? I mean, it's very interesting because every... Every tribe I've studied you know, has its 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 own own theme, really. And um, when I became a funeral director, uh, which was another a, a tribe that I studied, what I found was that the people that I worked with and the people that I met were so in touch with their mortality, and because they're around death they know that our life isn't forever. And so they all do these amazing things on the side. Um, like I met a man called Howard who worked in the crematorium. He was 75 years old, who races against horses, like not on a horse, against horses. There um, was somebody who, who sang in a choir to, was, Lowing all around the world to sing to royalty. There was somebody who was a, a world chicken, world champion chicken fancier. And it, that, that group of people I just found just had kind of had nailed it, you know, nailed the um, philosophy of life. And what's your passion? Whether you're fascinated by their passions. Have you got your own similar passion? No, I just like other people's. I just, I just want 
other other people's ones really and and normally when I embed myself into a tribe the, the tribe always knows but know by the way that I'm making a show so I don't just go in there covertly I'm like hi my name's Vic I'm making uh, a theatre show can I come and hang out with you and it, it takes a really long time it takes me about four years from having uh, a, an idea for a show to the full production so I'm normally immersed in, in that group for yeah three to, to four years and during that time I am I and in fact even afterwards I'm still you know one of one of the gang like the pigeon fanciers I still still talk to some of them quite regularly um uh, the funeral directors or lifelong friends and it, it, yeah yeah so so yeah I'm just that is my hobby really it's other people's hobbies do you have like the weirdest set of whatsapp groups <laughs> to be honest quite a lot of the tribes that that I hang out with um when making work aren't so technical and quite often they're, they're a little bit on the older side Stand-up comedy is the opposite, actually. The, the amateur comedy scene, I, I, I'm one of the oldest ones. So that's quite funny because when we do a open mic night, and uh, which is a, a amateur comedy night, I'll be there and all the young ones will come to me and say, hi, I'm here. And I'm like, oh, thanks for telling me. And they, they say, oh, aren't you the organiser? Because I'm old, they just think I'm automatically the organiser. Um, so, so that they're the first kind of young group that that I've hung out with, and comedians are quite a little bit unsocial. So, um, although we feel like we know one another really well when we see each other at gigs and things, not not many people swap phone numbers. It's quite funny. Comedians fit like amateur comedians feel like it, they've gone out to a gig. They performed in front of 30, 40 people and they've gone home and that's all socialising. That feels like you've got a group of 30 to 40 friends that you've just hung out with. Yeah. You hear comedians like referencing that sort of thing a lot. And when you put it like that, actually, they've had quite a lot of social contact. And, and unless they're super extrovert, that, that might be enough. Yeah, but interesting that that's all one-way conversations. That's that's not them really absorbing anything apart from other people's appreciation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's because um, a lot of do, a lot of stand-up yeah, doing stand-up is revealing your secrets, and so you're quite vulnerable, and so you feel like you've shared this vulnerable thing, and then also you're watching the other comedians. So then you hear them revealing their secrets. So although it's you've just been performing to one another, uh, people feel like they've had a, a really deep night out. Yeah. If if you could, um, speaking about all these different like places you've immersed yourself in, in communities, like what if you if you had to pick one, and it can be like either in like a like a funny way or like a serious way, depending on how you feel about it. Which one would you immerse yourself in permanently? Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Ah. 
Definitely not beauty pageants because I couldn't keep up with all of that uh, maintenance. <laughs> not dog shows because I actually found the, the championship dog show world a bit hostile. <laughs> Surprisingly, wow. I actually found out of dog shows and beauty pageants, I found the dog shows meaner, the dog show people meaner than the beauty queens, because people, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they want to sell their dogs and their bloodline, so it's 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 a business. So I wouldn't want to do either of those. Pigeon racing is great, but then I'd have to have space to keep all my pigeons, and I live on a boat. So I don't think that would go down with my neighbours. Northern, Northern Soul Music, still love it. And also a great community. Funeral directing. Um, is it, it was strangely a job that I was very, that I was good at. And, and although you're, it's a very sad time for people... Uh, uh, and it is an emotional job. I think it's really underestimated care. Um, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like care industry. I don't know. You know. I think it, I don't. I, it, it, yeah. So I think. Oh, and the police. Um, I mean, that's that's it's too. I mean. I mean, the police are having a right old time at the moment, aren't they? I mean, no one likes the police at the moment, do they? So I won't want to do that because not many people would like me. Uh, Stand-up comedy, I think it's too... I don't think I'd want to do that forever because I'd always be... I'm relying on the audience for success. And so I don't know whether I'd ever feel completely fulfilled. So I think what I'd do, because funeral directing is quite sad but it's also very meaningful and important i think i'd be a funeral director in the day and then at weekends i'd go to northern soul all night off. so that's two yeah that's even better than one and it's got like the dive that perfect philosophy of life that you were talking about it's, it's keeping that but yeah the balance in terms of like since we're talking about um what's actually going on at the moment and how strange it is for us all. Um, how, what do you feel about... Um, I, we, me and Caroline were discussing this the other day in terms of like how it feels to watch theatre performances through laptop screens and how it's, it feels like something's missing and it's, it's that kind of... It's still enjoyable, obviously, but it's... Yeah, what do you, how do you feel about that? Have you watched many theatre performances like much on your laptop in terms of theatre and how that feels to you yeah I mean it's a big it's a big area isn't it people have asked me to put some of my films online and I've said no because we it's a two camera setup one camera at the back of the theatre one from the side it can never compete with the national theatre live production values so it's that that show is never going to be as good as as it is live, and so for me, I would rather people have memories of having this, seeing the show, than putting something out there that has unsatisfactory filming values. 
And I think that is a problem with a lot of the theatre we're seeing. The setup isn't great. See, when you go and see a theatre show, you're you go into a building, you sit there, and you you're told you can't go to the toilet. So you sit there and, and you're not distracted by the kettle or the dog walking past or your focus is completely on the stage. Whereas we can pause and, and all just go to the loo. And so that magic is broken. Um, part of going to the theatre for me is, and also going to comedy gigs, it's being, <laughs> I'm going on about tribes again, but it's about being with a group of people in this collective where we want that person on stage to succeed, be it a comedy gig, or if they're horrible, we all want them to fail. Um, and then say same with theatre, you know, we want to, it's all the senses, it's smell, visual, hearing, it's, it's, it's just being completely immersed in that piece of art. I think the National Theatre Live shows that I see that you know, they are amazing, but the production values are so high. I think if, if we're going to continue along this vein for a while, I think we need to change the way we are as viewers and we need to look at what exactly what we're putting out there. So I think if you're going to watch a theatre show, you need to go, okay, I'm going to watch this theatre show now as if I, as if it was a real live theatre show um, and commit to that. And then I think you'd get a better experience than just zoning in and out. Mm -hmm. um, then... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I haven't got the answer for how we make online theatre really good. I mean, I've done a few online comedy gigs and they have been excruciatingly awful. Really interesting and I'm glad I did them. Um, but as a performer, you feed off the audience and when you're just speaking into a webcam and you you're, you're just pausing and then telling your punchline, it, 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 it's a very strange thing. Yeah. I brought my husband into one of the virtual online gigs that I was doing because I just thought, oh, it'll be good. I'll set him at the side of me and then he can be my audience member and so I'm not just performing into a uh, webcam and it will be less weird. But I hadn't really thought it through, and he hates comedy. He doesn't. He doesn't find stand up funny at all. I don't know why. And um, so, and because he was going to be online and people were seeing him, he had he had a couple of glasses of wine. So he was really drunk, and he he was basically heckling me. <laughs> and then we ended up having an argument <laughs> and I and, and, and after I didn't speak to him the next day afterwards people said they absolutely loved it it was hilarious but I thought I, I mean and, and we've got it recorded but um the actual act of doing it was was excruciatingly bad 
but we can do we can get theatre to people in different ways and I think maybe we need to rather than performing on a stage or showing pre-recorded um, one camera setups of, of theatre shows but maybe we need to look at doing it yeah doing theatre in a different way right now I've been working quite a bit with Hunt and Darton's Radio Local which is a hyper local radio station and we've been putting out a live theatrical uh, radio show once a day I'm making a new project called The Enthusiasts and I'm asking people to um, speak for five minutes about their passion. Nice. And and I'm and I'm curating that, and, and that's that's and so. And is that going to be on Hunt and Darton? That's going to be yeah. That's going to be um, it's through with the Barbican in mm-hmm. London and Hunt and Darton. Yes. Oh, but that's... also we we think that the enthusiasts. Once, once we've trialled it in London, the Barbican, we think it could be a countrywide thing. Global. Like, that's... Everyone's going to want... Like, it's... And five minutes, that's such a lovely yeah. amount of time to to listen to or to record. It's enough to say something, but not... It's still succinct. Exactly. I was borrow, borrowing from the open mic stand-up comedy model mm-hmm. where new comedians are only allowed to do five minutes. Yeah. So, so it makes you less nervous because you've got you know less of a, a, a script, but also if something goes wrong, you don't have to stay on stage very long. Um, you know, it's a good. It's a good, five minutes is a, is a good format for people, I think. And what sort of people are you asking about that? Is that like just your networks, or are you going? into tribes uh so it's so basically so we're, we're doing it in um in the it's the culture mile around barbican so it's it's mainly residents people that live in the barbican area so all the different flats and uh, there's a place called charter house which is um arms houses and brothers live there they're called the brothers so it, we want it to go to every type of person from every social standing from every background and make it as diverse as possible yeah that sounds really good um i'm really fascinated with what you said at the start of, of that about um high production values and that sort of thing because i've had several conversations with people who are less excited about the theater that's got high production values and more interested in the shows where it was never recorded for audience and it's a bit of a a a bit of a rougher cut but I talk to maybe a type of person who who is used to seeing theatre so maybe is putting their own filters in but I'm yeah fascinated in different opinions on on that but your enthusiast project let's keep us posted on that (laughs) Yes, I'm excited because I think we're just going to uncover niches or like niche talents of the British public that I didn't even know things that we did, you know. I can't wait. So, what what brings you hope for the future in terms of in terms of everything, not just in terms of the arts and performance and where where do we go with that? Just anything and everything. Okay, yeah, hope. Well, it's funny because in Venice, 
you know, people have said they've seen dolphins and um, jellyfish in the canals. And on the pontoon here in my marina in Limehouse in London, the canal has gone so clear that we've managed to uh, fish out loads of trolleys <laughs> and, and bikes and things that we've been uh, cleaning up and repurposing. Uh, so so there's the strange small things like that, but also people say, oh, you know, we're in lockdown at the moment and, you know, that, that's, that's hard. But looking outside and seeing all these empty spaces, I just can't help thinking the fact that no one's out there, that is love. Like, yes. don't we love each other as a society? That is so, so, so uh, you know, a, a great thing to, to see and feel. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely a person that tries to look at look at hope rather than disaster. And so I think, you know, just focusing on those, those types of things, we've just got to help one another out, haven't we? We've just got to help. We've already started doing that a bit. People have got to know their neighbours for the first time. People have started to reuse and repurpose things. So I think we'll be less of a, a, a buying economy, which, you know, isn't great for the economy, but it's better for the, for the environment. I mean, I, I, everyone's sorting all their cupboards out, aren't they? All the charity <laughs> shops are going to be inundated after this. Yeah, yeah, when they can accept things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a food bank near mine, and near me, and um, they said, uh, well, they said that they're being inundated now with pasta and toilet roll that everyone bought at the beginning and hoarded. <laughs> and... So you know, it, things get to people eventually, don't they? It thinks, yeah. yeah. But pasta and toilet rolls aren't going to go off. Like, if they've hoarded it, they can use it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, people were taking videos, though, weren't they? And there was just their whole kitchens were just like a, a pasta kitchen, almost. We've just... <laughs> yeah. Well, the food bank was is going to have to make a new warehouse out of toilet rolls and fill it with pasta oh can we put a show in there (laughs) (laughs) what's bringing you hope Kirsten um I think yeah I'm like really excited about about the fact that we have now about like there's a commitment to each other as like we've all got some some bond that we didn't know we actually had or we should have had but we didn't until it took a pandemic to actually realize that that we've that everybody's everybody's been really decent and nice with each other and it's and it's nice to see that but I think for me is is the world is going to come out of this differently it's not going to come back it can't possibly go back to what it was and that's exciting to see how we can be basically reintroduce ourselves to the world again so if there's it's, it's like a new start almost for everybody and it could be much better this time around even if it's something like 20 percent better it's still better than it was so it's that yeah what about you, Caroline? There's something about what you're saying about humanity. I think definitely the fact we've all 
witnessed and embodied dramatic change in a way that we two months ago we definitely were all saying that amount of change is impossible um and in terms of climate and like a realistic future for humanity or humanity as we know it significant change is required by a lot of people and so to have embodied that um oh I got a little bit of hope from how much people were donating to NHS charities because in my naive thinking or maybe I'm the right one here I thought oh look we've demonstrated how important it is and the government will see how it is really really important that people want to put money into the NHS so they'll make sure that they fund it properly and then everybody else read that much more cynically and went it's not a charity don't privatize it I was like but surely we're evidencing that it needs so I can find hope in lots of places <laughs> excellent um, is there anything that you want to promote, Vic? Um, like your the your work that was currently meant to be touring, or anything? What's coming up for you? Uh, well, I was meant to be on tour right now, like so many people, with a, a brand new show called Professional Stranger. But it's all right. It's that's been put on pause. It, it's postponed. It will happen one day. Don't know when. Happen one day. See, right now, really, I'm I'm working on my business and also looking at the kind of art that I create and, and evaluating a lot. And I'm writing and writing for new shows and, and things. So I haven't got a lot out there at the moment, but you can definitely listen to the enthusiasts. That's a, that's a completely new project that I'm very excited about. And also you can um, keep up to date with me uh, on my website, www.victoriamelody.com Thank you. See you later. Take care. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. For Thank the, you for, so much. Yeah, for getting me involved. It's very enjoyable. It's nice to connect, I think. I love it. Definitely.